I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Inspired Evolution. I'm your humble host, Amrit Sandhu, and you're tuning in to a conscious conversation designed to help you grow. Our mission here is simple. It's for you to live your purpose, live your best life, live the life you love. This podcast is sponsored by Enthusiasm for Life, by great creation itself. To keep the good vibes flowing for myself and yourself, do us a solid, subscribe to the Inspired Evolution podcast on YouTube the home of the Inspired Evolution podcast. Now sit back, relax, open your mind, open your heart to this conversation and stay inspired. Keep evolving. Welcome to the Inspired Evolution. And it is such a treat to be here today. We have with us Ken Honda. Ken, how are you? Thank you, Amrit. I'm so happy to be here. And also, I'm on the soil of Australia today. Yeah, you're tuning in from Fort Douglas. It is such a pleasure yeah. to be in the same how, space. How are yeah. you going? How are you going? I'm going really good. Uh, I'm excited to have <laughs> you here today and really nice to tune in yes. with you. And uh, actually, before we get started, I should probably do the honours for the audience. Guys, Ken, for those that don't know, he is a best-selling self-development author. Um, his work started in Japan, but now he's... Work has been translated into 15 different languages. He sold over 8 million copies of his book. He's a speaker and author, and honestly, he's a healer of uh, our relationship with money. His latest book is called Happy Money, The Japanese Art of Making Peace with Your Money. And I actually never thought I would start a podcast this way, Ken. Is mm. my money smiling? How do I know? <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, tell me, is my money smiling? How would I know? Right. So uh, can I share with you a quick story about the woman um, at the party? Yeah. yeah. So I was approached by a woman in Japan 
at the party, I was talking with a few friends and uh, she said, Ken, can I take a look at your wallet? And I said, mm -hmm. okay. Uh, at the time, you know, uh, people are interested in celebrities um, uh, wallet, you know, Justin Bieber or whatever, yeah. you know, if, does he even have a wallet, right? <laughs> so uh, I I handed over my uh, wallet and she, she started to check and she yeah. pulled out all the bills and she started checking one by one. And she was saying, this is great. This is okay. This is nice. And then she put them all back in. And, and, and after that, Ken, your money is good. You passed the test. Like, <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, that sounds good news. But what is it? And she said, Ken, all your money was smiling. That means you must have made a lot of people happy and mm. received money. Like, mm. wow. And she said, on the other hand, if you're taking advantage of other people, or if you work a hard uh, but at the job that you don't like, mm. just simply to bring food on the table, mm. then your money is crying in your wallet. Yeah. And that is very interesting. And it got me start thinking if your money is smiling or not. That is the main theme of my book, Happy Money. I find it fascinating because it starts taking us down the rabbit hole of, well, firstly, it's an audit of your money in a way that never really... I don't know, before you started having this conversation, well, well, with me, like obviously you're having this conversation with me now, but obviously I've been researching you leading into this podcast. I never really thought about money that way. I thought of it as a thing, much right, less right, right, right. As, a, mm -hmm. as a persona, as a personality, as a, I've heard, mm -hmm. the, I've, I've, I've heard the conversation, people like money is an energy, you know, it's an energy mm -hmm. that supports your life. But mm -hmm. even as an energy, it was still a thing. It was very, um, I don't want to use the word dead, but it was very, mm -hmm. um, in, like, yeah, it was dead in many ways. It was just a thing that, you know, was a, a, a ticket to sort of transact goods with. But after diving into your work, it, you know, you talk about money EQ, but this, uh, the, the, there's an aliveness to money. Because you mm -hmm. even really start talking about relationship to money, it became really profound for me that, yeah, I saw it as a relationship with a thing, but actually being able to talk and connect with this persona of money. Can you tell us a little bit about right. how you see money? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, money is a very interesting thing. Mm. Uh, it's, it's a very neutral energy, but mm. for some, it's such a best friend, um, nice uh, energy that supports your life, supports your family. And, um, and dreams, uh, achieve your dreams. Like mm -hmm. I'm in Australia, I have to, I'm actually, uh, I'm on, almost at the end of my world tour. Mm -hmm. So to do that, you need money. So to, to achieve your dreams. At the same time, money can frustrate you. Money can upset you. Money can pull out the worst in you. You know, mm -hmm. uh, I'm sure you've seen on a, on a TV or newspaper that a lot of things happen. A lot of mm -hmm. crimes happen because of money. So money can be uh, like chameleon. Uh, it changes shape when, mm -hmm. uh, according to what you believe. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I found really, really profound for me was exactly what you're sharing is that after following through some of the exercises that you provide, um, you have put a link to uh, your show uh, or actually the, the course that's coming out um, in regards to uh, Happy Money Healing Program in the show notes mm -hmm. below. But one of the, mm -hmm. one of the exercises that really left a um, really profound impact on me was this awareness that money almost, and this was my precipit uh, what my awareness sort of became, and maybe you can correct it if it's wrong, was that money is simply a revealer. Um, it was just revealing parts of me as I was healing. And there was certain parts of me that I was afraid to look at, like certain elements that I wasn't trusting money it was actually teaching mm -hmm. me that I wasn't trusting life or I wasn't trusting mm. myself and my relationship with life. And I found it quite profound going through your work because yes, it's all about healing your relationship with money, well, but for the most part, it's actually about healing your relationship with life. Right. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. So, uh, you know, money can uh, heal uh, your money, money wounds. And at the same time, it can create money traumas, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, and unfortunately, when we were small, we experienced a lot of uh, uh, money traumas. Um, we've been scolded uh, by our parents. And uh, so we were so scared to make a bad decision around money. Mm -hmm. 
And still, even uh, you grow up and after like 20 or 30 years, you're in your 30s and 40s, still you're afraid to make a bad money decision. Mm -hmm. So you feel insecure when you want to buy a car or house or make a big decision about uh, money. And so um, unless you heal this relationship with money, it haunts you. You know, money can be in your way to find happiness in everyday life. And these blocks that you you call money wounds, right? Mm -hmm. Like, where do these money wounds come from? For example, uh, I was 15 years old and uh, I wanted to come to Australia, uh, Mm. Melbourne, Sydney, Mm. uh, or LA. You know, it's a homestay program. I'm sure, you know, you've you've seen a lot of Japanese young people, you know, walking down the street of Australia. Mm. And uh, I wanted to, oh, I saw wanted to come to study English, yeah. uh, but uh, my parents uh, were not really for uh, that kind of uh, program. Mm. So I, I took it to my mother and, uh, Mom, uh, when can I talk to my daddy? And she said, uh, when he's in a good mood, that means never in my house. <laughs> so oh, my, no. my, my dream of wanting to come to Australia was mm. too expensive. So mm. I was denied, which is 40 years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, interestingly, I landed in the soil of Australia just about a week ago on the on my birthday after mm. 40 years of my oh, dream. So this is my dream come true. Yeah. So thank you. My my trauma of not being able to come to Australia is 100% healed. Mm. So so you know you, I'm sure you had some uh some issues at, on your birthday you wanted to have a mountain bike or mm. uh you wanted to go to a summer camp you wanted to mm. have you know depending on your generation uh, younger yeah. people wanted to have a PlayStation, two or three, <laughs> an iPhone, you yeah. know, uh, or bike. You know, uh, it's interesting how how many of the toys and the things that we didn't get, mm. Mm. and they drop in traumas. And also, I noticed uh, that sometimes just watching how our parents relate to money around us can also leave an impact on us. Correct? That's so true. You know, uh, it's not only our personal, but. Uh, uh, I talk to thousands of people all the time, and to the audience, I ask questions like, "How many of you have you? H- how many of you have seen your parents fight? <laughs> like everybody, right? Mm. <laughs> and uh, you know, uh, we've seen fights and like funny tension in in our how- house because uh, our mom did something or our dad didn't do something, and and we overheard, all, you know, over our blanket." just our uh, parents fight, you know, you're making mm. so little money, you know, like I married to a loser, stuff like that. We, <laughs> we didn't want to hear. So yeah. we just uh, uh, subconsciously and consciously thought money is the root of all the fights mm. and unhappiness. So yeah. uh, later on, as we were making money, uh, as much as we want money, because we can buy, buy so many things with money, you know, vacation and all that. But we don't want money. So uh, we have this love and hate relationship. Please, yeah. money, come to me. Oh, no money, don't come to me. So yeah, this is like it's a, so weird, like isn't it? It's like having your foot on the brake and the accelerator at the same time, right? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we want money, but we don't want it. So if, it, if money was a person, uh, you know, please come to my house. And then money was coming on, on, our, on, it, on, on its way. But at the uh, in the middle of coming, I said, no, 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 please don't come. So, like, <laughs> yeah, you don't money, open the door. Should, you I don't let come, them in. <laughs> should, I, should I come knock on the door or should I, uh, you know, should I not? So yeah. uh, that is what's happening in our life. Yeah, it's really interesting, isn't it? Because I even looking back at my own upbringing, like, you know, touch wood, we were quite stable financially, but still a lot of the arguments mm-hmm. that arose between, you know, right. elders mm-hmm. was... Uh, yeah, that they seem to pepper finance, financial conversations in and around, you know, the arguments. Um, and, yeah, it was after doing the, the work, the going through your program, that I've started to recognise that there are stories in there around, you know, the disharmony potentially that finances can cause in, in love, you know. Um, and then yes. also diving deeper as you go through your course, I started to realise that actually know that again money is a great revealer was my awareness because Mm -hmm. there was probably something else that was the issue right but money was just revealing that you know there was 
something else going on, you know, at that particular time. And yes, exactly. And I find it, I found it quite, um, I don't want to say funny, but it was, it was, it was like, it was, it was really telling because you started explaining the different personas. And I think that's probably a great topic of conversation in this podcast, talking about <laughs> the different yeah. types of uh, people, that, yeah, money types that we yeah, have. Can you tell us I mean, this is really funny mm. because we are so serious about money and sometimes <laughs> uh, being so serious is funny. Yeah. You know, I've seen um, many uh, personality types around money. Some mm-hmm. people are spender. They mm-hmm. love spending. Mm-hmm. Some people are saver. They love mm-hmm. saving money. Yeah. And some people want to make more money. You know, they are money maker. Yeah. And some people are warrior. They do nothing, but they worry about money. Mm-hmm. And some people gambling. So uh, uh, there are many personalities around money. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying which one is better than the other. But um, we... Uh, happen to be, be grown into one or the other. Mm-hmm. What's interesting is that even though you're born into the same family, one time I sat down with a, um, a family, you know, uh, 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 to discuss on uh, inheritance tax. You know, mm-hmm. uh, their father passed away, so the mom and three kids, mm-hmm. and so you know they were born and brought up in the same household, but. The, the the first son is like in a perfect suit, like a Wall Street type of person. Mm-hmm. And the second one, uh, uh, the daughter, uh, is like a very uh, mediocre, you know, not, not like fancy, but mm-hmm. uh, not too too shabby either. And the third one is a t- complete hippie. So like <laughs> these three come from the same family. You know, if they're walking mm-hmm. in the very street, they're attitudes. totally different people. Yeah. But we grow into our personality depending on um, what we love. So if you love party, if you want to, you know, meet friends, you become a spender. Mm-hmm. So that's what's so interesting thing about uh, money personalities. And watching relationships as well, because you mentioned this, like different, we actually attract in some ways opposite types of money yes. types. <laughs> and then obviously there's going to be space for argument in there because one person's trying to save while one person's trying to spend, right? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. Right, right. So I'm actually thinking of uh, starting a show um, mm. in, the, in the future uh, about couple counseling because this is so funny and also healing at the same time. Yeah. Um, somehow a spender is attracted to saver or money maker. Mm. You know, a uh, spender is always uh, worried about money because uh, they uh, have a hard time making both ends meet. Because mm-hmm. no matter how much she or he makes, uh, you spend it all. And on the other hand, this saver or money maker are uh, attracted to the spender because he or he knows how to enjoy life, mm-hmm. right? So money maker and uh, uh, money saver, they their focus is stability and they their business business. So uh, they're so attracted to uh, uh, somebody who enjoy who knows good restaurants, enjoy wine and exotic travels. And uh, so they're kind of like attracted to one another. Mm. Uh, and five years later, though, uh, uh, the spender thinks he or she, uh, her, her husband or his wife or husband, uh, just boring person, you know. Too conservative. <laughs> like they, <laughs> yeah. yeah, like uh, life is to be enjoyed. What's wrong with him? What's wrong with her, you know? Mm. And so... Uh, he or she would be upset because uh, they, uh, the, uh, their partner uh, is not enjoying life. And mm-hmm. on the other hand, from a different angle, uh, if you marry to a spender, no matter how much you make, no matter how much you save, mm-hmm. uh, she or he is going to spend it all. So <laughs> as, as a result, they fight and then they get a divorce. So mm-hmm. the same reason that, uh, uh, that put them together mm-hmm. could be the cause of a divorce. So uh, money personality time is fascinating unless you understand uh, this and also respect other type, mm-hmm. uh, your life will be in misery. I think it's really profound because that's the point where, and yeah, I, I had to laugh when I was going through it because immediately I could identify my friends. Like I was like, oh yeah, that guy's that one. That, and oh yeah, my mom. Oh yeah, my dad. Oh yeah, I'm like this. And it was always, that part was funny um, because it was right. so archetypical. It was so it's staring me in the face. And then also 
Yeah, I think this is probably a good point to have a a conversation about the difference between really what is money EQ versus money IQ because Mm -hmm. having this added awareness, I started to, instead of I could see that my judgment was being reframed into appreciation for others. It was like, oh, they're just different Mm. Um, rather than judging people for mismanaging when they're spenders right? Or <laughs> judging people for not caring when they're just simply indifferent, you know? Right. Um, yeah. There's a, can you explain to us the, what really is the bones of why money EQ and why is it more important than money IQ in your opinion? Because you've researched a lot of people to come to this conclusion that money yeah. EQ is more important, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So to begin with, I've, I've met many millionaires and billionaires mm-hmm. and I always, you know, I've done, I've, I've been doing the research for almost 30 years, right? And in the process of uh, meeting people, I realized in the, uh, in the time of five years or 10 years or 20 years, uh, financially savvy people often end up losing a lot, mm-hmm. uh, sometimes lose them all by making stupid decisions emotionally. Mm-hmm. So their high IQ does not cover uh, you know, life stability. For example, quite recently, all the people who are invested in Bitcoins are mm-hmm. losing money. Mm-hmm. And some people who have a very high high financial IQ, uh, transfer their um, uh, Bitcoins into a company that lends out to a co- uh, other company so you can get an interest. You know, a Bitcoin mm-hmm. is like gold. By itself, it doesn't create anything. But mm-hmm. by lending um, your Bitcoins, that means your Bitcoins is not in your account. So, uh, uh, you know, you've seen all the news, all those uh, lending companies are going bankrupt. So uh, I, I know a few people who had 10 million US dollars or 20 million US dollars lost everything, right? So financial IQ people wants to push, push, push to just uh, uh, leverage uh, their asset and then try to be better, bigger. Uh, and then uh, as a result, they lose it all. So mm-hmm. you have to have an emotional stability uh, not to uh, chase after money. You know, mm-hmm. if you, instead of chasing money, you have to be chased after money. So otherwise, you know, um, you you end up losing a lot of money. So emotional EQ is uh, uh, the ability to know when is enough. When mm-hmm. you know when is enough, you don't have to worry about money. You're not, uh, you don't get stuck in the, uh, a Ponzi scheme or uh, uh, make a quick money scheme. So mm-hmm. you're not going to lose money. So uh, emotional uh, EQ uh, emotional intelligence is more important in that sense. Mm. Can you define what wealth is for us? Like, what is your interpretation of wealth? Wealth is uh, a state that you can find yourself content and you can do whatever you want uh, with whom, whomever you want mm. uh, uh, and also whatever you want at w- what time ever you want. So that means you can do it in Australia, you can do podcasting in Australia, you can do it in Europe, or, or and, you know, you can choose a person, partner. So you have the uh, complete uh, independence and freedom to choose where, who, and when, and those things. So it, uh, it doesn't, uh, sometimes it may require some money, sometimes mm-hmm. it doesn't require anything because you're just walking uh, this morning, I was um, walking in the, in the port uh, beach of Port Douglas, which is mm-hmm. so beautiful. Yeah. It doesn't cost me anything to just yeah. take a walk. Mm-hmm. And I was a little afraid that uh, my Australian friend said there will be alligator, uh, crocodiles, so don't <laughs> go into the ocean. That was a little bit of a scary part, but you know, I really enjoy my morning walks. And uh, so that doesn't require money. Yeah. And some something like if you want to go around the world, it requires money. But uh, depending on, on um, your dream, sometimes it involves money, sometimes it doesn't. It's not, uh, it doesn't define how much you have or how much you make. Mm. It's the freedom to do whatever you want, realistically. Which I also <clears throat> found really profound because one, one of the things that you helped uh, through your course is helping people define their, their goals themselves for yes. themselves. And it's, mm-hmm. um, and it's, it's actually quite... Uh, it was one of the first times I've been a, like asked to vision into the future, but it was very accessible. Somehow your methodology was very 
It was very short, sharp and shiny instead of having to go into these long-winded processes, which I really appreciated because, mm-hmm. yeah, time is of the essence sometimes, right? Um, but one of the things that popped out from the other end of that was some of the cultural stuff that we carry for mm-hmm. money because you mentioned that like yes. in the West, they have a very different attitude to money growth versus mm-hmm. in the East a very different attitude to money growth. Can you expand upon that as an example for us to basically understand how right. culture impacts our relationship with money as well? Right. I, mean, I really appreciate your intelligence and the depth of your questions. You know, I've been interviewed by so many people, mm. but I, I enjoy so much when the interviewer uh, has read my book and also uh, applied uh, what I teach into his or her life. And obviously... Mm. Um, you've done it. So I so appreciate your depth of intelligence. And I'm sure all the viewers and listeners, you know, enjoy listening to you because you're you're being uh, you're so sincere um, when you ask questions. So thank you for that before I answer your questions. Thank you. Mm. Yeah. So uh, this wealth is a very interesting thing. You know, mm. it, uh, it, 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 it's so different from um, uh it, it's so different uh, depending on what you believe. Mm. So some people think more toward financial wealth and the other one more toward emotional uh, wealth. Mm. So uh, I guess you can uh, define your wealth uh, by that way. And I think you're heavily influenced by your where you come from, especially mm-hmm. uh, when I get asked questions like um, in the West, I often get asked questions like, can I, I talk when I talk about money container? You know, mm-hmm. we are born with a certain money container size, and anybody can understand that. But after that, people ask me questions that can: How can I enlarge my um, uh, money container? How can I make it bigger? <laughs> Million, quicker? billion dollar question. <laughs> <laughs> right. Trillion dollar question. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that is like a typical <laughs> question. And in the East, instead, they ask me the same question but from a different angle can yeah. i understand about the uh, money container size mm-hmm. uh but instead of trying to make it bigger i want to satisfy myself with what i have mm-hmm. so it's a totally different approach very much so one is looking at from like the top up and one is looking from the bottom down i think even just you know that's one example of many when you start going through um the blocks um, around money that gives you an idea of you know potentially some of them are yours but some of them are just you know like you said family your own experiences these different traumas that we experience uh, right. i'm saying that society is a trauma to be a part of obviously it's a blessing to be a part of but the cultural mm-hmm. influences um definitely play a role there are three big blocks uh for money wounds that i came across in your book um no in in the course was a, a guilt is a big piece shyness was yes. a big piece and the third one Definitely. i actually want to talk about later because that's actually one that was really huge for me and it's actually one that you wouldn't <laughs> think about but maybe you can give I us see. an example of what guilt looks like and then what shyness looks like and then we can talk about the third one okay so guilt is um something you feel uh, when you uh, when somebody's trying to give it to you, uh, mm. like if you do a say a coaching session, and he, uh, she or he wants to pay you money, mm. you feel certainly guilty because mm. uh, I I don't want to you know receive money because if you give uh, your money, you know you might be shorting money. You know, can you? So if you like uh, asking her or him, uh, can you? Uh, do you have enough money for your? Uh, you know, uh, for your for your lunch, or do you have mm. enough money for your kids' <laughs> uh, kids' tuition or uh, or mm. food? You know, uh, so suddenly you feel guilty by receiving. Mm. So when you feel guilt when we uh, receive money, uh, we are turning money away. Mm-hmm. So guilt is something uh, uh, that you have to really pay attention to. Otherwise, guilt is uh, the biggest money blocker. And uh, money, uh, you can you can block your abundance. If you don't receive, you cannot give. So uh, guilt is something. First of all, you have to notice that you mm. have guilt, and secondly, do you want to have the guilt? You know that can make you feel humble, mm. and sometimes you it, guilt can make you feel you're a good person, but you have to pay the price. You know the price meaning that you yeah. have the money that you cannot pay. So mm-hmm. that means uh, you feel bad about your life or yourself in, uh, later on. 
And that does spiral, right? Because yeah, as you mentioned, um, the the inability to receive then propagates into the ability to give, which generally yes. if you are feeling guilt, it's likely that you're a giver and unable to receive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you have to start the, the cycle of mm-hmm. receiving well and giving well. Otherwise, you know, you just stop the money flowing in and stop the money flowing out. Mm-hmm. And which one is healthier and more loving? Yeah. Well, it feels like to give, but then also it's, yeah, having followed your work, it's they're equally, they're embedded in the cycle together, right? Then <laughs> is the other. Yeah. One. Because, you know, they are, they are willing to give you something, you know, mm-hmm. it's not out of obligation. And mm-hmm. so have you ever felt uh, bad when uh, you wanted to give uh, something uh, to your friend or, or your client and then he or she said, no, 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 I can't take that. You know, you want to give it to her or him. Yeah. But she or she said, no, 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 I can't. So we feel much better if she or she says, wow, I'm so happy that you get, you're mm-hmm. giving this to me. So the same thing, if, by receiving well, mm-hmm. you can give them the joy of a joy of a gift. So by not you, uh, re- by not you uh, receiving well, you are depriving the joy of a giver from from your friend or client. Yeah, I find that um, really practical because I find even just with receiving in my own life, like someone will give me a compliment. This has been a whole thing that I've been working on personally. And I'll just compliment, <laughs> I'll compliment them back because they've given me something. I feel the urge I know, to give I to know, them I know. And, and I block uh-huh. the receiving with just more giving because it's like a courtesy thing. And I think some yes, part of it yes, is cultural, yeah. but I'm learning to just say, yes. okay, that person really wanted to give me that compliment and to just stand there and say, thank you. And right. it feels so uncomfortable just to stand there. And I know and you have to, re- so you have to receive <laughs> the other day. I, 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 I was with uh, my f- family, uh, my friend's family, yeah. and uh, their daughter is uh, about like six and a half or mm. seven, something like that. Mm. And I said, you are so cute to a little girl. And she said, yes, I know, you know, <laughs> so, <laughs> so that is the attitude. Yeah. So Amrit, you are so great. And you should say, I know. Thank I you. Know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So next time when somebody compliments you, uh, you should say thank you. I know. <laughs> That's like so arrogant statement, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. It is a little bit arrogant. Let's move, <laughs> let's move from there to shyness. How does shyness mm-hmm. block us from money? Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm sort of struggling with this, you know, mm-hmm. still now, mm-hmm. uh, because uh, I'm get I'm getting sometimes overwhelmed by uh, people's compliments. And uh, I was in Estonia um, mm. and also Finland yeah. a few weeks ago on, you know, as a start of my world tour. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people have seen me from Mind Valley courses or um, uh, other interviews mm-hmm. uh, from the past. So they could recognize me. So I wanted to go to the bathroom, but I got blocked by like 10 people. So it takes me like 30 minutes you know, to go <laughs> to, to, go to the bathroom. <laughs> But I was yeah. showered with so many great uh, comments and, and the feedback and their uh, experiences of uh, happy money. Oh, so I I felt embarrassed. I felt shy. I'm, it's not me that I mm. did it. It's you who mm. did it. So this shyness is still, you know, um, I'm moving around in, in my heart. Mm. But I, I have to overcome it to completely receive yeah. Because shyness is like a Teflon, you know, a frying pan, you know, mm-hmm. it just slips away. So mm-hmm. if you just say, uh, Amrit, you're such a beautiful human being. And if you feel so shy, you just kind of like, you know, if you become a Teflon person and it slips away, like 90% of the compliments. Yeah. So once again, uh, you, as much as you feel the shyness, mm-hmm. this is what I do. I feel so shy about people saying I'm so beautiful, great, or fun. I I receive. I receive mm. the compliments. So uh, you don't have to just, you know, kill it or you don't have to erase it. Mm. I think I, I, I embrace it. So mm. like uh, I'm almost like a burning in the fire of shyness. Yeah. I receive the compliments. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I feel. 
Please don't stop complimenting Ken after this. <laughs> I'm burning. <laughs> it, it, it does. Uh, yeah, I become a burning man. That's how I feel. So I get very hot. Isn't it? Because there is that, right? There is that deep, sorry, yes. but there is that deep, like, inner work that it takes to do this stuff. Like, it sounds so, you know, it's like, oh, it must be so hard to receive compliments, like, Mr. Magnanimous, you know, but the reality of it is when you're actually in it, internally, it feels actually quite difficult to receive. Yes. And at the same time, uh, that's like a beginner's level. Mm -hmm. uh, my Zen teacher told me uh, to find a balance. So mm -hmm. whenever I hear compliments, I kind of erase it from the different angle. So mm. whenever somebody says, Ken, you're so great. And in my mind, I received the compliment 100%. But at the same time, I said, I'm not great at all. So, mm. you know, uh, when somebody cr tries to criticize me, it doesn't happen often. But uh, I'm a fake or I'm a, um, trying to re uh, deceive people, something like mm. that. If I get a comment like that, no, I'm helping people. I'm, I'm full of love. So... Uh, from outside stimulation, I try to find the opposite energy and try to balance it out. Otherwise, I'll be lifted up too much. And then it's so easy that my ego wants to listen to more. Am I mm -hmm. great? Yes. Yes. One more. Mm -hmm. You know, so uh, after receiving uh, the compliments that, uh, that people want to give, I have to do an inner work to really find my balance. That is uh, mm -hmm. my uh, Zen teacher's teaching. And by doing that, I can be very uh, flexible and I can be very open and I don't have to be uh, feeling that I'm so great. So yeah. by not feeling I'm so great, I feel very happy. Yeah, I think this is really profound. And thank you so much for sharing that because one of the, um, I guess the low hanging fruit question is how do you find your balance? But I remember the, the piece for me was, I remember there was this moment um, just to give you another example of this, I was uh, playing a musical piece and I'd written it myself and it was, I was very, um, it was a, a big deal for me internally to share this musical piece because I wrote it myself and then I was sharing it. And then mm. um, one of my music teachers turned around to me and said, like he gave me a big thumbs up, you know, and uh, I remember looking at that thumbs up going, oh my God, you know, like my teacher approved, you know, and it felt really, really good inside um and then the next day uh i was practicing something and you know it was it was not so appropriate apparently um according to the teacher and then they scolded me um and then when that happened also it hurt so much you know and then somehow like with the amount of self-awareness that i was carrying at the time it was just i was aware that the scolding only hurt so much because the compliment meant so much you know it's like as much as you let the compliment in is how much you can then fall and that's like the ego trap right like because as much as right. you gas it up it, it hurts so how do you keep yourself in that balance a little can is it awareness how do you yeah yeah so you know i sold uh people say i sold eight million copies of my books right mm. so it's true it's a fact that i wrote wrote them by myself mm. but uh, the people who sold books are not me, are the people at the bookstores. Mm. So somebody did, you know, scan the, scan the uh, barcode yeah. 8 million times, but I have never sold any book myself. <laughs> so all the work, it's theirs. It's not mine. Mm -hmm. And the people who love the book, that means that I, I have many friends mm. who share the same views and ideas um, with me. But mm -hmm. uh, the fact that I'm, uh, I'm, I'm loved by so many people doesn't give my value up, you know. Mm -hmm. it's, uh, it means that I'm blessed more, mm -hmm. but that doesn't uh, mean that I'm, I have a high self, uh, high value as a human being. So my net worth uh, financially has nothing to do with my worth. Mm -hmm. So uh, in North America, uh, in Europe especially, uh, people uh, have so much attachment to to um, how much they have or how much they make because mm -hmm. it's really tied up with your self-worth. Mm -hmm. I try not to attach those with uh, my accomplishments mm -hmm. and also financial values. But by cutting off the codes uh, between um, you know financial values and accomplishments, I feel so free. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, um, I don't have to prove anything. 
So um, I, I'm really enjoying uh, every time, uh, every minute of my life. Like I'm so enjoying this time with uh, Amrit, and also um, I'm really seeing the impact, you know, mm. of, uh, that we are making together. Mm. And after this, I'm flying to uh, uh, Brisbane and yeah. uh, have two talks, which is very exciting. My dreams coming true. Mm-hmm. So and on my way home back to Japan. So yeah. I'm every moment I'm living in my dream. Mm. So I'm so happy. But uh, my happiness uh, is has nothing to do with my past achievements. Mm-hmm. It's just in the moment I'm enjoying this conversation with you. That's all, uh, That's what matters most. I love that. Dovetailing into the third one, and I almost don't want to talk about mm-hmm. this because it was uh, it was tender for me. <laughs> the money mm-hmm. wound. Okay, so I'll be <laughs> gentle. <laughs> <laughs> Which actually, Ken, just on that note, before we go into it, and I'm probably procrastinating because I don't want to go into it, but I have to say, guys, there is like the, there is like a, like there is work on abundance, there is work on money, there is you know you can, but I have to really just take a moment to acknowledge you, Ken, like um, the the joy and the lightheartedness with which you bring to, you know, even certain conversations can be quite hard. Like how have you been treating money for quite some time? And you look back and you go, Oh man, that wasn't comfortable. But even said, you know, I'm sure you're probably feeling that way. And I give you permission to forgive yourself, you know, and just the way you approached it was just so lighthearted and so sweet. I really appreciate your gentleness um, in and around a topic that can be so um, stern and also so, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, so, so, uh, entrenching but yet you bring so much lightheartedness to it i really appreciate that so i won't um, procrastinate any further the third block needing to be seen as a good person yeah Mm. so this Mm. was um this was quite annoying to to hear you say this because you're such a nice person (laughs) (laughs) well this was it right like touch wood that was the perception right and then realizing that um yeah I'll, I should let you unpack it, but I'll, I'll share with you the piece that really rubbed me the most was that I wasn't necessarily sharing from a full cup in certain places mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. in that in the need to be seen as a good person. It was like, it's okay that I don't have and I can go without, but let me sort of, you know, help this person because this person may not be able to help themselves. And it was my judgment and my perception. But, um, yeah, it was quite uncomfortable to sort of, realize that that was a big that is a big that has been a big one for me can you share a little bit right. more on that one yeah 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 i've been uh working with this issue uh, uh for the past 30 40 years mm. uh, myself so i can really relate to you um and i and i uh want to say thank you for being so open and so authentic about that because i'm sure thousands of, of people are just feeling the same way mm. but uh, they feel so vulnerable to mm-hmm. even want to see what's in there right mm-hmm. so uh people are not as courageous as you are so i want to congratulate you for that courage and love mm-hmm. and a commitment uh to truth thank you so uh i really feel um this is one of the strongest need mm-hmm. and it it's uh, sort of like uh the uh, it's the other side of guilt mm-hmm. uh, because uh, uh unless you feel guilt guilty I think uh, you can um, you can walk around uh, free. Mm-hmm. So, uh, for example, when I do a seminar, you know, thousands of people uh, come uh, to my uh, my online seminar, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, think about it. Like, I, I think ninety-eight to ninety-nine percent of the people are less abundant than me, mm-hmm. right? So, in that sense, I'm ripping everybody's off. So, because everybody is sending me money, mm-hmm. who is more affluent than them? So, if you don't have, uh, if you don't have the uh, center in your heart, you feel guilty about mm-hmm. taking advantage of other people, mm-hmm. you no, know, by charging people, right? Mm-hmm. Or uh, on the other hand, they are so happy to endow and trust their money to me, so people can trust that uh, uh, I can take care of the money well. You know, after paying the taxes. I will uh, make make sure my family is okay. And also I have many other families to feed and mm-hmm. uh, they know uh, what I'm doing. And so they trust the money in my hands. Mm-hmm. So instead of feeling guilty, I feel blessed and trusted 
by participants of the seminar. And at the same time, um, I let go of uh, this need to be to 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 look uh, like a good person long time ago. So I can be very bad, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> so if I can, uh, I, I can be very confronting. Mm-hmm. So uh, 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 if you have less guilt, mm-hmm. uh, you can con- confront the truth more. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you uh, have a strong need to to uh, look nice mm-hmm. on the surface, uh, you think you're bad inside. Mm. Who wants to look good? Who wants to look better? So if you let go of the need to look good, and if you admit that you're a bad person, uh, you have nothing to lose. So, uh, so maybe the affirmation you can have is, "I'm so bad, and what's wrong with it?" <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> if you can just, "I'm so self, self, you know, selfish person, what's wrong with it?" You know, yeah. "I'm so needy, what's wrong with it?" So if you can admit that you have a need to look mm. nice and to be nice, mm. uh, I think uh, that's a step further to find a peace of mind. So I do the work all the time. Do mm. I do? And the key is, do I want to hold on uh, to the guilt mm. so I I look okay? And I say no, no, I want to let go. And the timing is when you know this is Sedona method working. Are you ready to let go of the, this guilt? Yes. And uh, what time I when are you going to do it? Now. So let go of the guilt together. So I want you to, uh, or like all, all the listeners, to think of one guilt that you want to let go. Mm-hmm. The guilt of having to- so much, guilt of being so uh, famous, or guilt of you know having a great life. Whatever mm-hmm. guilt is, just um, um, think of it as a. a, a uh, as a bad energy or dark energy, put mm-hmm. it in into the balloon and then let go of it. As you let go, three angels are taking them up to heaven and mm-hmm. then it's out of your system. I do this all the time. With the angels' help, you know, you get, you get all the guilt away. Mm-hmm. And uh, I do that uh, probably like once in every two days mm-hmm. whenever I feel guilt. I just uh, had a help. I have a help of imaginary angels to to do the work with me, mm-hmm. and by doing that, uh, many times you feel less guilt, and also you can be um, authentic by yourself. Thank you so much for sharing that, Ken. I really appreciate it. So, from here, how do we transform our relationship with money? We've had a look at what some of our blocks are. Um, mm-hmm. We know. <laughs> Awaye has been an amazing mentor to you in your journey as well. Um, yeah, I do at some point want to ask you, how do we marrow up? <laughs> but yes, um, yes. If, if that's where you want to start or like, you know, even just, yeah, where would you start? What was the lowest hanging fruit for people in terms of upgrading their money EQ? How do they start mm-hmm. to relate to money better? Obviously, everything we've talked about brings in a lot of awareness, which starts to shift things as it is. I found mm-hmm. personally the awareness was transforming. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about sharing the happy money healing program yeah. with the audience Thank you. because it was really powerful. Um, but from there it's, yeah. What do we do to, uh, uplift our relationship with money? Yeah. So the first one is very simple. Mm-hmm. I've talked about it on, on so many occasions, but arigato in, arigato out is my mm-hmm. mentor. Wahe Takeda's teaching mm-hmm. when money comes in, thank the money for coming in mm-hmm. and thank the money for going out by mm-hmm. doing that you create this feeling of appreciation, that is the first step. Mm-hmm. And secondly, if you can see uh, energy coming in and going out in your life, uh, it's not just necessarily money energy, but think about it, the electricity, the internet um, that you have, somebody did it for you. Mm-hmm. So somebody did some kind of service uh, to your apartment and mm-hmm. to your hotel room, and then you have wa- hot running water. Even right now, there's a webcam here. Someone put put that together. The internet is right. connected. All this stuff. Yes. Know? So just to to just imagine, oh, how many hands have been you know have, mm. have been passed on to make your life possible? Yeah. Not hundreds, not thousands. Could be a million people involved mm. in the process. Think of the process of you know. Uh, 
carrying oil from somewhere and mm. just you know put the power plant on and then electricity and the truck drivers and and the food and the clothes you know we've been helped by hundreds of people thousands mm. of people when you start appreciating everybody around you you some people say you know i uh, i'm a self-made millionaire but you know it's it's impossible to to become a self-made millionaire because you, mm. least, you need a lot of people's help so once you have this idea that we are not alone we are connected mm. emotionally uh, mm. and also we are connected um socially and uh, we are connected uh, uh, financially so if you once you realize that we are all connected mm-hmm. and uh, appreciate the energy uh, with other people mm-hmm. you see a totally different thing mm-hmm. so by looking at what's going on and by by giving out more of your energy you can receive more so the third step would be find your gifts and mm-hmm. start sharing it mm-hmm. uh, so I, I found my writing skills and speaking skills in my early 30s that's mm-hmm. how I started my my writing uh, 20 years ago I never thought that would make money or that would bring something to my life yeah I think so, most people feel this way <laughs> I know I know just uh you know people I I love talking with people you know uh I I don't need to get paid I just uh enjoy conversation with a uh, 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 strangers even mm. and then um I never thought I'd become a professional speaker and a writer mm-hmm. and I was so surprised mm-hmm. and my my parents my family members my high school buddies were so shocked mm-hmm. uh and they find out that I became a writer and I'm the the one mm-hmm. who got shocked so but the interesting thing is the gifts don't show uh its shape unless mm-hmm. you give it energy so if you mm-hmm. have not never sold uh, anything you cannot find your gift as a a, a salesperson mm. if you never done any business you cannot find your gift as a business person mm. so some people find their gifts in their early 20s some people um find them in their 30s and Colonel Sanders obviously found his in in his late 60s mm. so uh, I I hope you don't wait that long because yeah. you know <laughs> after finding your gifts uh uh, interesting life begins mm. so uh, whoever is watching this you know you are uh you, some people say i'm too old for that but you are the youngest you know mm. when you think of the rest of your life so yeah. start <laughs> now no, um, that's true so you're never too late yeah kent there's uh you know i think many people especially with the coaching that i do with live your like finding your purpose um the big conversation is your strengths and your gifts um, I know you've got like literally a thousand questions which mm-hmm. can help you un- like tap into finding what are some of like the easy ones that people can, yeah, just a couple of examples, I guess, of uh, finding your gifts. Yeah. Okay. So uh, something like uh, <clears throat> uh, on in your everyday life, what mm-hmm. kinds of things you do without knowing, like watching interviews like yeah. this, you're interested in personal growth. Yeah. If you just uh, find yourself reading self-help books, mm. you may end up writing one like myself. Mm. Yeah. If you watch uh, uh, cooking you know, programs on Netflix or YouTube, you yeah. may want to start your own restaurant business. Mm-hmm. Or if you're interested in psychology, you may uh, end up doing coaching sessions. So mm-hmm. whatever you spend your time on uh, without your knowing, uh, that's your gift. Mm. And uh, you might surprise your friends sometimes like, Wow, you want uh, you you're going to an expensive uh, seminar. Uh, mm. I, my friends often uh, tease me for just mm-hmm. going spending so much time. I didn't spend a dime on my clothes, but I spent so much on books. <laughs> you know, uh, at, at that time tapes, you know, and later CD. Yeah. So they didn't get it. But so uh, something that surprised your family members and friends that could be your gift. So yeah. just look at your life. Uh, what you're spending your most time and money and energy on that could really open a new door for your life. So yeah. Uh, yeah. at the beginning, your skills yeah. are very uh, limited. Mm-hmm. So y- you feel like uh, it's not, it's, it's, it's never going to be something to mm-hmm. uh, bring money in, but uh, it could, if you are patient enough. 
And you talk about building some of these interest points or these skills upon each other and bringing them together. Can you tell us a little bit about the practical aspect of that as well? Yeah. Right, right. So, you know, uh, by uh, improving one gift doesn't take you far. Mm. So, example, if you're good at singing, you cannot become a Maria Curie or, you know, uh, Justin Bieber mm. uh, because your one skill is not that high. Mm. So you have to combine uh, multiply certain gifts like you mm-hmm. you may be good at speaking you may mm-hmm. be good at uh, listening you may be good at writing you may be good at connecting people mm-hmm. your sense of humor uh, your um, gift as a healer so like can Honda is made of all, all those like six or seven elements mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. you know even <clears throat> a teacher uh, talks about money mm-hmm. uh, there are say 10, 10 money teachers right coaches I'm very different but yeah. because I focus on energy, I focus on healing, and I, uh, because I have a accounting and consulting background, mm-hmm. I'm a practical guy too. But at the same time, I focus on a money EQ part, which mm-hmm. makes me very unique. So if you multiply many gifts, you become one and only. So um, by improving, one, by discovering one gift after another, uh, you become very unique. And one day, your client to come up and say, I've been looking for somebody like you. Thank you. Thank you, you know, for doing this. I've, mm-hmm. I've been uh, encountered um, those people a lot. And mm-hmm. I'm so happy uh, that I didn't give up. I could have given up 20 years ago when I started writing. Nobody's going to read my book. And I asked my wife, do you think there will be some anybody who read, uh, who read my books? And she said, uh, I don't think so. Just change, change the diaper. <laughs> so he wasn't, uh, he wasn't a big fan, you know. Uh, you know, so like uh, people who are close to you may not necessarily support you. Uh, they want to support you, but they are indifferent to your new discovery gifts. So don't get discouraged if your best friend or your wife or husband or girlfriend boyfriend said, "Oh, you're not gonna, you know, amount to anything." Uh, but find somebody who appreciates you. Mm-hmm. Find somebody who thinks you're great, you know, and then uh, cultivate your gifts. And which I think in the, oh, sorry. Yeah, I was going to say, which in the age of the internet, I think is much more accessible to us, right? Because the interconnectivity is, you know, before if we were just living in a small village and we had this crazy idea to, you know, I don't know, it could, could be anything, <laughs> right? But there may not be somebody to soak up our ideas and share in the beauty and the majesty of the idea with us. But now with right. the internet, my kind of crazy, I can find another kind of crazy out there somewhere in the world, right? Yes, 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 exactly, uh, Amrit. I'm, I'm very good at finding twins in the world. <laughs> yeah. you know, my uh, uh, Finnish uh, student, uh-huh. she's so identical uh, to a client uh, in Japan. Oh, you yeah, know, they doppelgangers. Look yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they look different, you know, their hair... They look different. One is blonde, the other is black, yeah. but they're so identical. So yeah. they're twin sisters, you know, the way <laughs> they think. So uh, yeah. fascinating uh, that there are so many people out there, especially if you speak English, two billion people mm. are your market. So uh, you don't have to uh, persuade two million people, you know, to, to find financial independence. You mm-hmm. need only like a thousand people mm. who really think like you do. So uh, start uh, finding uh, 20 people uh, who are on the, on the same wavelength and mm-hmm. then find your own tribe. So mm-hmm. by doing that, you have to shoot out a smoking signal. And then uh, when your tribe sees that, they get it and they mm-hmm. gather you. So I think uh, uh, it has to be, uh, it could be a YouTube, it could be a TikTok, it could be a, your book or booklet or little essays on blogs, uh, that could be a smoking signals and, and people can recognize you. So you have to uh, really find out who you are, what your interests are. Uh, there will be people who, who find you and say, I've been looking for you. For those that are tuning in at this juncture, it is such a pleasure to have you guys tuning in. <laughs> I've been looking for you too. So okay, I really want to tune in. So just our gifts, how do they support our money container? And maybe you need to explain what a money container is before I just start pairing those two things okay. together. Yeah, um, but I would love so, to ask that particular question. How do our gifts inform our money container? So what is the money container? 
So money container is something that you're born with, mm. and then uh, you can grow it. But if you grow it too fast, it's going to crack. So, yeah. for example, if you are born into a family and both of your parents are teachers, mm -hmm. and then you want to be a teacher, mm. so uh, unless you become famous by writing books or something, uh, if you get paid uh, uh, regularly mm. by the government, you will not probably become a millionaire. Mm -hmm. So that's your um, money container. Right. If you're teaching uh, fifth grade and mm -hmm. then full time, you're not going to probably um, make so much money. Mm -hmm. So if you want to change money container, you have to do something else. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you're working for a, a comp small company and not, not doing so so well, you cannot make so much money. So uh, depending on what you do and who you are, a money container uh, size uh, is already decided. Mm -hmm. If you want to change it, you have to change uh, who you are and how you work. Mm -hmm. And by doing that, of course, your your income will change too. But uh, in general, people um, cannot change their money container uh, because, um, as you know, it's hard for us to change in a big way. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's it's possible. But I'd say, uh, think about your sisters or brothers or your uncles. Do you think they'll make twice as much uh, next year? Probably not, because mm -hmm. they are thinking... Uh, and the way they, they work are very stable. Mm -hmm. so, so that's what, what money container is. Yeah, and it sounds like it's uh, somewhat fixed as you're describing it, but I know it can, like you've described as well, that it is malleable um, and that yes. it can be evolved. The key things that we need is, should we talk about marrowing up? <laughs> <laughs> or more, uh, more practically, I think yeah. uh, inspiration. Like say, uh, I got inspiration to uh, write, yeah, right. So, so even though you're a school gifts, teacher, right? so yeah, let's talk about yeah, yes, yeah. You, even though you're making little money uh, as a school teacher, you got mm -hmm. this inspiration that mm -hmm. this idea can help uh, other kids. Mm -hmm. So, like, say you've been working as a teacher for twenty years, yeah. and you have a good experience of teaching kids, mm -hmm. and if you can develop some kind of a system mm -hmm. and write a book and create a online courses, you could yeah. potentially make say $100,000 or $200,000, depending on how well you um, put them together. Yeah. So uh, you can change your money container uh, with just an inspiration and understanding that you can contribute more. But the key is to contribute more. And by doing that, uh, you can create money too. And at the same time, as you said, uh, you, you can change who you are and start raising your vibration you know, start making your energy bigger, uh, and then um, people uh, will be uh, will start being attracted to you. I love that. <laughs> Such an inspired evolution sort of vibe drive mm -hmm. uh, response. Thank you so much for sharing that. And then, lastly, one of the big things that I took away from expanding the money container as well was needing a why for it to grow. Mm -hmm. That was huge for me, because. Um, yeah, I think oftentimes, you know, we under we like we hear in personal development, what's your why? What's your why? What's your why? But when it came to finances, I think it's just something that, you know, and I, yeah, one of the other realizations that I got from your course was that if we don't sort of bring awareness to our relationship with money, depending on our types, you know, so I'm the saver splurger. And so for me, it was just this just falling into the trap of hard work just because I didn't really understand why I was actually working, right? And then unpacking that into, okay, so it's about impact, family, and fulfillment, right? So that connecting that to my like my why to, okay, this is why we're doing this, alleviating the stress of potentially having to just fall into hard work for hard work's sake because that is the template from the culture and the parents that I've seen before me was a massive shift in itself in terms of my approach towards work and happy work, as you put it, I love the I love the phrase happy work, but then also yeah. understanding that, okay, so the why can actually help me expand my container because it's, you know, it's, it's a reason beyond me for which I want to contribute and it actually makes, um, yeah, it makes it, it makes it more palpable and gives me a reason as to why I'm going to go and do this. Hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, 
I know I'm just listening to you you're, you're, what you said is so beautiful and I was kind of letting it sink in Ken mm. I really want to thank you for your time here today and sharing yourself so abundantly so openly with us and for just the amount of research that you've done in this space for 30 years you know working on money and abundance and it's like I said before in the episode it's a topic that I feel can be so edgy um, for so many people and yet you bring so much softness and lightheartedness and joy to it that it becomes really approachable and it really does heal our relationship with money I know it's made a massive impact on myself so I just want to thank you on behalf of me um, and thank I'm you. hoping sharing this episode with others you guys are inspired to tune in we'll put the uh, link to the happy money healing program in the uh, show notes below you guys thank can go you. check out and uh, Ken is also coming back to Melbourne next year. He's up in Brisbane next week. So, yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, you know, stay tuned. And, uh, yeah, for sure, we'll uh, hopefully try and, uh, yeah, link up. And, yeah, if you guys do get an opportunity to, to see Ken live, it would be an absolute pleasure and a treat. Um, maybe don't stop him on the way to the bathroom. Or maybe do put him in the fire of shyness. <laughs> And he can do the inner work <laughs> that is required of him. But Ken, honestly, thank you so much for doing this with us here today. Really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much. And uh, uh, I'm, I know the viewers and listeners, mm-hmm. I'm sending all my love and blessings to you. And I hope you enjoy your life a lot more than you do now because life is to be enjoyed. Thank you so much for tuning in to this amazing episode of the Inspired Evolution. Without you, the Inspired Evolution tribe, this podcast would not be what it is today. Thank you so much for your love and your support. Thank you so much for being so inspired to evolve. It's truly inspiring. If you haven't already done so, please subscribe to the Inspired Evolution on YouTube, the home of the Inspired Evolution's video podcast. We release inspiring conversations such as this every week, along with guided meditations and empowering insights all designed to help you grow and evolve. Honestly, your subscription on YouTube to the channel helps us out a great deal. And one of the other benefits, if you're having any insights or shifts from these episodes that you want to chat about, or if you'd like to leave myself or the guest a message, please do so in the comments on YouTube. I truly look forward to hearing from you. And as always, Tribe, remember to stay inspired and keep evolving. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.